the Moonshine Jesus Show. You're joining us today uh, for our look at Jordan Peele's Us. It's Halloween, so we've been trying to stick with some spookier sci-fi fantasy stuff. But before we uh, move into that, well, I should tell you, and it's particularly important in Us because there are some interesting things going on in it. There will be spoilers here, and we will probably mm -hmm. spoil the biggest spoilable thing about mm -hmm. this show. So just know that that's going on. If you'd like to see it without spoilers, just bookmark this and come back and visit us later. Uh, and while you're out there bookmarking stuff, go visit our our sponsor, progressivechristianity.org. Uh, as we always, as I always say, it's a great place for all your progressive Christian needs and resources. Go check them out. Of course, check us out on Facebook. Follow our page there and make sure that you're signed up to get our podcasts when they drop at all your favorite podcast outlets. More importantly than all of that, welcome to my good buddy, Caleb, who the show wouldn't be the show without. How you doing, sir? Oh, thank you, Mark. I'm doing wonderful. I'm excited to get into this. Uh, it's fun I, to come back for like the second week to a Jordan Peele thing. I'm excited about this. Absolutely. And what I mean, he's just brilliant. So this is so much fun. Yes, and, and yeah. So, so much, so much to talk about. Uh, but before we get started, we should also make sure that we have a nice, beautiful beverage to do the show. Oh with. yes, that's I'm important. Curious, mm -hmm. what kind of beverage have you decided to have? Okay, so I was inspired by the whole notion of doppelgangers, which is very oh, okay. important in very us. Very important. And so I get, I don't know if you know this about me, Mark, but I, I do like to drink like Coke, like diet, like Coca-Cola. And so oh, okay. I, I was yeah. thinking about a doppelganger of Coca-Cola. I thought I'm going to have a Jack and Coke. So very, very classy. Right. Just a, yep. a, a like Jack a Coke. and Coke. And yeah, it's dark. I think that's appropriate for this Absolutely. theme. And I'm not sure which one is the evil one and which We're one right. is the good one you know so it <laughs> it fits in very nicely with us i, I like think. it I, I, I like it how about I you like it well red as you can tell in our header if you're watching this live if you're if you're listening online red is a very important color in this movie a matter of fact the doppelganger of what i would call the main character her, her name we find out in the credits is actually red uh, and so I decided to go with a red drink. I'm calling it the red flag uh, mm. because there's so many red flags in this movie uh -huh. that they should have been picking up on. Um, and it's uh, it's bourbon, Luxardo, uh, cherry liqueur, mm -hmm. and grenadine. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I've I've went with the double. I've got a dark cherry garnish, but uh -huh. I also gave the dark cherry a doppelganger. Uh, in there as well. So we both oh. went a little bit with that doppelganger. Uh, theme there so cheers to you sir cheers mark that'll do man it should make for a good show mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right we'll have a quick drop and we'll catch y'all on the other side And welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show, where today we are talking about Jordan Peele's Us. Last week we talked about mm -hmm. Jordan Peele's Nope, and it's kind of fun to follow up to that with us. Um, so we do this segment where we kind of geek out a little bit. We, yeah. we have 
fun talking about the show itself. And then in the next segment, we get into the theology and politics. So make sure that you hang around for that. So if you're not familiar with us, it came out in 2019 and it's an American psychological horror film, of course, written and directed by Jordan Peele. And the film mm -hmm. follows Adelaide or Addie Wilson, who's played expertly by Lupita Nyong'o, who is just incredible. And it follows her and her family who are attacked by a group of menacing doppelgangers, one of whom she met in a funhouse when she was a young child 33 years before. So I, I do think that in this segment, we, we ought to talk about the big reveal. Uh, mm -hmm. But before we get to that, yeah. I, I want to start with the fact, Mark, that I, you and I have both discussed that we're, we're not big horror people. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I'm curious, what did you think about this movie? Uh, did, did you enjoy it? Uh, and did you think it was a good horror movie? Yeah, I, I actually, yeah, I very much enjoyed it. Uh, <clears throat> I wouldn't call it a, a, well, I guess it is It is a horror movie, but the horror parts doesn't, didn't really get to me. You know, the jump scares and the the gore and all of that kind of stuff. I would put this more as a psychological thriller kind of mm -hmm. movie that happens to be set in a horrific kind of, kind of setting. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I actually did enjoy it, but more about what was going on and kind of thinking through the psychology of all the characters and what they were dealing with and facing and everything. Uh, did you find it to be horror-ish or what? I, I kind of did. So I full confession, I'd been working up the courage to watch this show for a long time. Right, I had there, watched there. Get Out and I, I thought, I want to watch this. So I had read about it. I kind of knew what the okay. plot was going to be. And I was, I was still kind of scared uh, while yeah. I was. I, I was telling my wife, I'm like, this is, it's kind of a, it's kind of a horrifying show. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. And there's not, there's not a lot of lighthearted moments to deaden the intensity. Yeah. And there's uh, there, there are some, ones, but they're not big, and they're really they they hit and they leave. They're short. They're short. Yeah. I mean, I think about like the dad's, uh, the dad's boat. That doesn't work, you know. There, right. there's a, there's some. And they're all standing moments. on the dock, making fun of him, and yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, and he he thinks her the there to take his it. boat, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the daughter's like, "No one wants your boat, no. Dad." <laughs> you know, there are there are a few moments, right. but it's also very intense. I mean, it you is. know, from one scene yeah. to the next, there's not a lot of space to breathe. Um, and so, uh, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was also yeah. a good horror movie because it okay. was, um, it was, it was in, intense. Um, yeah. so Mark, I, I, I want to get to the, the big reveal. Cause I think this, uh, this is important. Uh, so the big reveal is that, that red, um, who is Addie Wilson's doppelganger, is actually the real Addie Wilson, who we followed into the funhouse at the beginning of the movie, where uh, she meets your doppelganger, right? Yeah. So this, this is uh, something I want to make sure we get to, because I, I'm curious how you feel about this. Uh -huh. So we, we see the Addie Wilson go into the funhouse. We find out that, you know, her doppelganger replaced her, and we've been following the doppelganger throughout most yeah. of the movie and rooting for her. So I'm curious, Mark, who should we root for in us? Who's who's <laughs> the hero? Whose side are we to be on? I, 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 I think maybe we're not supposed to be on anyone's side, and maybe that's part of what we're supposed to learn, is that picking sides is what 
destroys a nation, destroys a community, destroys even a family is picking sides. So I think it's supposed to get us thinking enough to realize we were cheering for the person that we really thought was the bad guy and found out that it was the main character. And we were thought they were the best and that they were in it and that they actually came from a different place that was a little more impoverished and struggling and that we were cheering for them the whole time. And we were fine with doing that until we found out that that's who we were cheering for. So I kind of feel like it's the lesson is you shouldn't be picking sides. You should recognize that we're, we're all in this together and that we should always be rooting for everybody. I don't know. That, that'd be my quick take on it. What about you? I think, I think red mirrors that whenever she first meets the family. And uh, of course we find out the, the reason she's, her voice is so hoarse and stuff is because she got strangled by, <laughs> by, uh, by the uh, doppelganger. Uh, but uh, she says, I've thought so many times about how you could have taken me with you or or how this could have turned out differently, how we could have yeah. lived together. Um, so I, that leads me to another question, uh, Mark, and that's why didn't the doppelgangers just leave? Like, uh, why why do you think they they stayed down there? Why didn't they, they were able to leave at the, you know, to go and, you know, go out into the real world? Right. Why do you think that they stayed down there? Well, you know, I'm not sure that they did. I think that there's a possibility that they did show up and that, but they stayed in the shadows. One, she was the only one that could communicate. They, the re, every, all the rest of the, the doppelgangers or he, he called them tethers, all the tethers mm -hmm. couldn't speak until, and yep. that should have been one of the red flags. We should have realized as right. soon as she started speaking, wait a minute, why can one speak right. when the other yes. ones can't? Uh, that's, right. you know, should have shown up. So I, I think they did it because they needed a leader who would go out and could communicate and kind of proclaim who they were and, and add meaning to what they were planning because mm -hmm. they clearly mm -hmm. were planning their own version of Hands Across America uh, long ago and they were ready to make it happen. But they needed a leader, and until she was able to establish herself as their leader, and I think her ability to speak was probably one of the things that made them realize, aha, this could be our person. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, that's stretching it a little bit, but, that, but I think that that's why. I mean, and I guess that, uh, you know, uh, Red says that they were born special and that right. she somehow uh, managed to figure out how to get out of this underground tunnel place and right. meet her her tether uh her doppelganger um and so she then you know strangled uh the the real addy unconscious right. and so she and dragged her down there so she might not necessarily know how to get out uh but it i i don't know i that was one of the issues for me in, yeah, the, in the film is is it kind of felt like they they could leave at any time uh which leads me to one of my other questions that i i need help resolving mark around mm -hmm. this and that's uh so I, the white rabbit imagery i thought was interesting you know they follow a white rabbit down a down the road right, right. Uh, yeah so uh alice in wonderland kind of uh, analogy here um but we find out that the doppelgangers, the tethers, are eating these white rabbits raw. Uh, right. Tell me this, Mark. Where where are all the rabbits coming from that they're <laughs> that they're eating? Well, 
You know rabbits reproduce like rabbits, right? <laughs> like rabbits? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, I mean, I think that that's all, that's the whole thing. That's why we see those cages early on with them in it. Like we get right. a one little moment where we see it before it all falls apart. And so, you know, we learned that these tethers were created by them. This is all they're named as, although I got, and I'll mention this again later, kind of yeah. government vibes from government just the way vibes, everything right? looked. Mm-hmm. Um, but that what they were created for didn't work out and they got kind of abandoned. And I think yeah. that the rabbits were always meant to be this kind of ever abundant food source. I'm not sure that they were eating them raw originally, but they're care- caretakers because we do see that they, they're not that they're uh, because of their lack of, of, of um, resources, they're at least, at least because of that, their mental abilities aren't uh, as broad as the folks who are their Mm -hmm. doppelganging. And so maybe they're not able to actually figure out how to cook and maybe someone did at for a while and then the rabbits get out. And I think that, that that's kind of, it's meant to show how um, wild the whole thing is because they've been abandoned by the, the very people who created the situation that they're in. I, I, I'm kind of pulling at straws a little bit there, but that yeah, might be because it. I mean there are thousands of people in the tunnels and they're eating the the rabbits three meals a day. Those rabbits would have to be really reproducing. It's a lot. I, I think we are so supposed to like think yep. of the underground as being everywhere. It's not just yeah. underneath that carnival or or it, it, it's everywhere. And so maybe it's that there's enough in each area to I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I, I like Who that. Knows? <laughs> okay, so Mark, we've talked about two of the three Jordan Peele horror, sci-fi, social commentary genre that he has kind of pioneered. I, I'm curious, um, how do you think Us falls? How does it rank in in that trinity of Jordan Peele movies? That's a great question. Thank you. I, I, I kind of, I'm going to put it, I actually think, this is, I shouldn't, I feel bad about saying this out loud. I think his first one was his best one, and this being his second one was the next best. And, and then the, the movie we covered last week, I think is the next. I think they're all absolutely fantastic. I really genuinely do. Mm-hmm. They're fantastic in different ways. Uh, the first one's more in your face, deal with it, and, 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 and you know, struggle with this this one is a lot more kind of boy there are so many metaphors that you can throw into this and try to pull insight out of um so yeah i would go one two three in the order that they were created i mean how about you where would you that's exactly that's exactly how i would rank them i yes i i think i think they're they're all very different movies, they are. you know, and, and all so. kind of slightly different genres, subgenres within this genre that he has created, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I and and doing different things. But, right. yeah, I think um, I, I think they 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 land differently and um, and are certainly yeah. making different commentaries. Um, and so I, I think Get Out is is particularly strong because yeah. I, perhaps because it is the first and of he, this and it's so unexpected. Pretty sure he, yeah. I'm pretty sure he won best screenplay. Yeah, he did. He won yeah. an Oscar. Well, I mean, yeah, that tells yeah. you right there how good it is, right? Right. Yes. I mean, it, it's unexpected. You have no way of, of figuring this out. As you say, yeah. in this, we see some we see some red flags throughout. 
Um, that does make it, you know, fun to go to go back through and watch. But yeah. uh, but uh, I think that uh, um, they get out. You don't you don't see as many of those things. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of surprising, and uh, the commentary was kind of a new thing. I think that that yeah. that makes it very surprising. Much. It in us, yeah. Um, the the red flags. I I think that that's <laughs> interesting. And since you brought it up, Mark, we we've got a minute or so. Uh, yeah. Can you can you tell me uh, some of the red flags that you saw I, upon my, realizing that that this my really my favorite thing? one because it bugged me mm-hmm. d- throughout mm-hmm. the moment it happened. It mm-hmm. bugged me the rest of the show until the reveal happened that it was actually red yeah. that had been there the whole time was when she turned to her son in the car uh, and and mm-hmm. and uh, told uh, Jason, it was like, hey, Jason, uh, snap to the beat. Yeah. And he did, but she wasn't. If no, you were was paying attention, yeah. it was off. And I was like, well, th- that that's that one that's weird. That they, Why would Peel put that yeah. in there? I can't quite figure out what's going on, that she's, it's so important, and then she's not doing it right. Like that seemed like a weird detail to have in the, mm-hmm. the show, and then I, once the reveal was there, I was like, "Oh, I see. That's that was one of those moments that were supposed to make us kind of realize, oh, something, something's not quite right here. Something's off." But I, yeah. all I knew was it was weird. I, I didn't realize I was supposed to recognize that that meant something was off. Uh, did you have any yeah. that you really like thought? Stood yeah, out? and in all fairness, I knew she was the doppelganger the whole time because I <laughs> I read oh, ahead yeah, of time I had no, to, I to had no idea. my it own fear. Yeah, right. so um, but so I spent the whole time looking for how I should know that she's the doppelganger. Oh, ah, okay. And so, so what, I, that's I thought, interesting. Yeah, I'm so really I curious. so. Okay, so it was kind of like a, a watching back through, you know, and mm-hmm. knowing the ending, and so. So whenever she was talking about how she couldn't make conversation about what, when we saw the flashbacks of the girl not talking, I thought, oh, well, she didn't know how to talk. Whenever I heard her doing those initial kills and kind of making the guttural kind of sound like, like the other uh, tethered people were when they were killing, I, I saw that. And so, um, so and it just so, made me think then, of, I just made me think of the parents meeting with the teacher or principal and say, or, or the psychologist saying, when yeah. will she start talking again? When, when will right, she? Right, right. She hasn't been to NOM. Why, why can't she talk? Right. And I thought, oh, it's because she doesn't know how, because she's mm-hmm. tethered. And so, uh, but, uh, so I kind of was thinking back through, like, what would this experience have been like had I not known that information yeah. ahead of time? But it was interesting to go back through, because, or to, to watch knowing the, the big reveal, because it was... Uh, it, it was clear that he was broadcasting that to us, but in a very subtle way that you would only know if you if you knew the ending. Yeah. So I've got a, no, a number of other questions I'd love to talk about, but we can't sure. because right. uh, one of the unique things about Jordan Peele is that he's got a lot of social commentary mm. stuff and theological stuff. So let's yep. let's listen to it drop. Let's come back. Let's talk about theology and politics. <laughs> Hello 
Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. You're joining us for our Theopolitico segment. And I'll be honest, Caleb, we're probably going to lean pretty heavy to the Politico on this just because that makes there's, sense. So, there's so much to cover. And, and I there's so many things I want to flesh out a little bit here. So, uh, But let's that said, let's also go ahead and jump right in. So the, the tethers were created by, like I said earlier, a sort of a nebulous them, which I, I got mm-hmm. that kind of government vibes. It sounds like maybe you did too. Mm-hmm. And they were created to control their other selves, right? Mm-hmm. Right. What? So I'm curious. What kind of things do you see in the world that our let's call them less than nebulous them do mm-hmm. to try to control the population? Yeah. So I mean, I think uh, we see. I, I mean, I think you know, at its heart, this is uh, commentary on class, and uh, I think is. I think. The, the government tries to reinforce that. I mean, and, and yeah. I think we see this through things as, as simple as uh, redlining. You know, if we if we look at like mm-hmm. ways that districts are drawn up and who gets elected and then the ways that those people who are um, elected, uh, re, uh, you know, reestablish laws or reinforce laws that that put people kind of into class categories. Um, I, I think we see that uh, a lot. So I, I think that yeah. um, that there's a lot of classism in this movie, and I think there's a lot of classism in our society. And as much as we like to talk about the American dream and how anything is possible for anybody, uh, we really have people in positions of authority and power and wealth who really don't want that to happen and, yeah. uh, and make it uh, a policy that it's it's very difficult uh for certain groups of people to to rise out of their social station at all uh uh, despite the narrative that we have that's one of the ways that i see that happening where do you see the thems uh, right well i agree completely with what you were talking Mm -hmm. about i mean we we do see the government setting up rules and regulations and even uh, like you said red red lines and stuff to keep people in their class system and no matter what yeah. they do, no matter how hard they try, they're just not going to be able to get out. At, at least almost no one will. Uh, but I also feel like there's another, this is one of the things that really bothers me. And we talk about mm. trying to control people. I think mm. that our school systems are failing us over and over again. Mm. And they are helping mm. create what the GOP has become. Uh, our school systems, there are clearly exceptions and there are ones that do a great job. Uh, they, they teach by saying, here are the facts. I'm telling them to you. Now learn them and spit them back out to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it isn't mm. really based so much on here's how you discern something. Here are multiple facts. Now let's think about how do we put those together? How do we make sense of them? How do we point to reality out of those? We, we've got decades of folks who have been taught that what being smart, what learning is about is listening to an authority figure at what Mm -hmm. they say is the truth, memorizing it, and then repeating it. And I think that that's how Mm -hmm. we end up with masses that follow the GOP or any kind of a movement that actually have actions that hurt the folks that are following them because they have been indoctrinated in a system that teaches them just do what they say, right? Repeat what they say, and that's all you need to do. And that, and, and you don't even have to learn how to think through whether or not those actions are actually hurting us. 
Um, I, I think that that's a really frightening thing that is going on in, in the U.S. right now. That's a really good point, Mark. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, kudos to all the public school teachers out there More who have very little trend. control over over that. And right. most of whom hate these standardized tests Absolutely. and stuff like that and and want to teach people how to become critical thinkers, Wonderful. but uh, but uh, are not able to because of these these kinds of restrictions that are yep. imposed upon them. And yeah, I, I 100% agree that it is it's scary that it that instead of teaching people how to actually engage with the information, it is all about whether or not you can regurgitate. Well, and we could not. we could talk about other things that are going on that we see the government sure. doing that, that it's actually controlling people and 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 forcing them to be certain things. So my next question then yep. is just to keep walking down this line is so what does that say? And you're going to be thrilled that I'm asking you this question. What does that say, if anything, about free will? Yes. <laughs> Maybe the movie's making a statement of any kind about free will as well. Yeah. So um, I I think that, uh, yeah, I... I I, yes, so I, I do think it's interesting. Oh. I, I love the fact that a Presbyterian is asking me about free <laughs> I figured will. you would. Right? Always, Mark. Yes, I, uh, I appreciate that. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I, I think that uh, in terms of the, the movie, um, that uh, the, the movie is saying that our, our free will, to some extent, is, is determined by our circumstances. Right. And mm -hmm. so I and so like the, the folks who are the tethers who are living underground, their free will is kind of taken away from them because they don't have the same opportunities as the people who are living above ground. Right. right. So the, the people who are in lower classes that don't have the same kind of opportunity as uh, as people in higher classes. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think that's true. And so I, I think we see that obviously in our in our real world too that there are that people who are struggling just to survive people who are trying to make ends meet um, aren't afforded the same kinds of opportunities to be who they want to be to advance in the ways they want to advance as as people who have the wealth mm -hmm. to be able to do that and the political right. capital to be able to do that so yeah, I, I, I think uh, the movie's making that commentary, and I think it's very true for our yeah, society. I, what do you think? I completely, yeah, I completely agree. I, I, I think there's no doubt that the movie's making that commentary, and it, one of the main things I believe Peel wants us to struggle with. I mean, he even has Red say, uh, "Without mm -hmm. soul, there's no free will." Uh, just mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. kind of point us a little bit towards there's some there's some commentary about free will going on here, um, and it's very clear that part of the message is what you were just saying is that particularly when you're in a, a uh, what we would call a lower class, a, a class whose privileges have been more constrained and taken away from them compared to other right. classes, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. that your ability to exercise your full free will is being he more heavily impacted by other people than folks in uh, higher classes where they have less rules and less regula regulations and less people trying to force mm -hmm. them to be a particular type of person. So considering that the tethers were created to control us or at mm -hmm. least people representing us, yeah. uh, 
but they ended up being mostly controlled by us. Ultimately, we have those scenes of where Wait. whatever's happening. What? All right, we have these scenes of what's happening up top, mm-hmm. uh, infecting uh, the folks who are in the what would be the lower class, even underneath yeah. the ground in the way mm-hmm. it's presented. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that Pills making any kind of commentary about how we uh, involuntarily? are um, impacting the free will of folks who are, particularly folks that are in, in middle to upper classes, are involuntarily impacting the free will of folks in other classes. And then I'm going to add just one more little twist. Of course to you are. Yes. Knowing that at the end of it, we got that beautiful twist where uh, red is actually in the upper class and we see everything um, mm-hmm. changing for red. Uh is Pill also trying to give us any message about how uh, it's necessary uh, to turn the tables on those who are trying to control us? Because we see uh, someone successfully doing that and changing their life because of it. Uh, and then finally, is there anything biblical about that? Yes, yes, and yes. So I think <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, ideally, in a democracy, we we are you know we have. Uh, the government by the consent of the governed. And so we are all supposed to be uh, participating in the democracy. Right. However, the way that the United States has come about, um, that is not the way that it really has happened. That, uh, that those who have had power, uh, those who have had wealth are the ones who, you know, remain in charge and in yeah affects people who don't have as much and so even though as i said earlier we tout you know this this narrative where where everyone can succeed well where everyone has an equal voice it's just not true it just isn't true and so yeah i think peel is saying that we need folks we need to have a system that enables folks to to be able to to come up and maybe what what that uh involves is people from you know, from who have been disinherited, uh, as Howard Thurman says, uh, or, yeah. or people who, who have had, uh, who have been marginalized, people who have had their, uh, their rights, uh, their mm-hmm. wealth taken away, that those people are, are given power just as bread was, or as, uh, the person who became Addie was in the film, yeah. uh, that, that we need to see that happen so that everyone can kind of claim their full human dignity and yeah there's certainly some biblical stuff here mark uh, (laughs) because that's what jesus's message was about jesus's message was about uh people who were marginalized claiming their inherent worth and dignity granted by god and whenever jesus was talking about um the the kingdom of god the reign of god on earth he was talking about a place where Ever that was fully realized, wherever people were able to fully embrace their their human dignity and uh, and their, their their rights granted under God, and so you know Jesus was executed not uh, to die for our sins, but Jesus right. was executed because he stood up to the Roman Empire for for Athens for demanding these things, for demanding yeah. that people uh, live their lives in such a way. That they were um, that that they were 
you know, working on behalf of the marginalized, that those right. who were but, marginalized, the people to whom Jesus was speaking, uh, were granted, you know, their mm -hmm. worth and dignity. So, yeah. sorry, Mark, that was a long answer, but it was. No, I love it. Question. I love it. I <laughs> so, absolutely, I absolutely yeah. love it. You know, and all, all of that uh, kind of matched up then with the movie's themes also makes me yeah. sort of think about uh, how in real life, th think about how we all, in some ways, it's not an identical in terms of looks tether, but we all have tethers or, or even multiple tethers out there that would be living our lives if mm -hmm. their circumstances had been different growing up. Some for the better, some for the worse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It makes me wonder, is, is that just something about the way that life is? Or does it really actually point to a broken and heartless system? Or is it a little of both? Mm. Got a little mm. philosophical there. Couldn't help it. I, I, I think you're right. I think you're right on the money, though, Mark. That yeah. uh, that like we ought to struggle with those questions and to say even even those of us who struggle in the United States, you know, are living a life that is richer than most of the world, uh, and and people living in such extreme poverty. And I think that's something that we ought to be struggling with and asking ourselves. Is this just a broken system? And is there a way to create a more just system where uh, everyone has enough? Yeah. All right, I go, I'm going to sneak in one more question. It, it goes off to a little bit of a different take on what we're seeing okay. here, although it's very yeah. present in the movie. Like I said, there's lots of ways to take the metaphors that are here. Um, they, you can take all kinds of meanings from the metaphors. And one, one of the ones that struck me, specifically in Adelaide and Red, was how trauma it's frequently mm. navigated differently by folks living in different class realities. Mm -hmm. So do you think that's a, really a reality? And if so, what should we be doing about it? Particularly like those of us who identify as Christians. So it's definitely a reality. And one of the biggest issues that we have in the United States today is access to mental health care. And even those who theoretically can afford it, it is tough to get uh, insurance yeah. to cover mental health care. It is tough to even get hooked up with a provider. And yeah. I think a lot of people have trauma. And, uh, you know, it's it's not all like, you know, being in war kind of trauma, like <laughs> like Addie's dad says, right? Like she hasn't been in Vietnam. She wasn't in Nam. Why does she right. have trauma? Why does she, she have right. PTSD? A lot of people have unprocessed trauma and need, you know, access to mental health care or I mean, all kinds of things. All of us, I think, at some point in our lives have things that we need to work through that we just need someone to compassionately listen to us and, and help us process. And yeah. it's certainly class related as to whether or not we have access to that help that we all need or not. So as Christians, I think this is an, this is a, an ethical issue. This is a fundamental yeah. issue. And I, I, I think that Jesus was actually commenting a lot, whether we realize it or not, on mental health care. And so I think a lot yeah. of the stories that we see in the Bible— if you'll uh, permit me for a minute to go off on this please, mark, please I, I, I mean, I think that, you know, the things that we misunderstand uh, in our modern uh, interpretation, like th things like exorcisms, things like healings, a lot of those are really responses to like 
you know, to, to mental health care, their commentary mm -hmm. on mental health care, they're not meant to be taken literally, but they're addressing the situation in an ancient way in the way that they understood. And so Jesus, at least as portrayed in the Gospels, is someone who is going around and trying to help people where they are um, in, in the way that they understood to, to live better lives. And I think mm -hmm. as Christians, that's like our goal is to help yeah. people to be able to have access to services and uh, free of charge, you know, affordable, mm. that people ought to be able to, everybody, everybody deserves that. It's a basic human right. Yeah. What do I you completely think? agree. Oh, I completely agree. And I think, I think it, it's, I think it might be a bigger point of what Peel is trying to make than has been recognized so far. I mean, just the fact that he had red and Adelaide, uh, switch places, and then we see mm -hmm. uh, the the tether red because she's yeah. now in a in a higher class system. Mm -hmm. Actually, mm -hmm. comes out doing very well and is a very functional and a great parent and all of these great things. And then the person who came from the higher class system has their trauma and goes to the what's the representation of the lower class and has all these yeah. issues and is trying to, you know, I think that there's a real clear commentary here. And I think part of the commentary, since we're talking about classism, goes back to what we talked about last week of me believing that part of what we were talking about was the yep. dangers of capitalism and mm -hmm. how that impacts folks. And, and mm -hmm. classism changes how capitalism impacts you. And in the mental health mm -hmm. area, that's mm -hmm. definitely one of the clear places where uh, it, capitalism makes sure that the folks that are in lower class have more issues because of their lack of ability to get the resources that are necessary. Um, so I think that this might be yet another movie yeah. where he's ad addressing capitalism, at least in some ways, and the dangers of it. Yeah, yeah. Great point, Mark. Great point. Well, uh, we could go on and on. This is such a complex show. It, you can watch it on the surface and just say, oh, it's spooky. But if you're really paying attention, he's saying so much. We could ask a lot more questions, but we are at over time uh, for this segment. So, and as we always at this point start chomping at the bit to get to our favorite section, the make me look stupid segment. So we'll take a quick drop and we'll come back on the other side. <laughs> Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. Thanks for sticking with us. We are in our final segment, the Make Me Look Stupid segment, where sometimes we try to make our co-hosts look stupid, and sometimes we just ask questions that we are curious about. But I will say, yeah. you know, as we're moving into the segment, Mark, that this episode reminds me of one of the reasons why I love the Moonshine Jesus Show is because, you know, we take we take these shows and we really delve in deep to the stuff that these, these shows yeah. are telling. And uh, I really love being able to engage with pop culture in that way uh, because right. it, yeah, it makes my faith more meaningful. And so I, I, I appreciate that and uh, appreciate this chance to, to be together. And uh, in thinking about my faith, one of the things that stood uh, out to me was yeah. um, the biblical quote. And I talked about the biblical quote last week. And so I thought I would do that again this week. I wanted to ask right. you about Jeremiah 11, 11, 
which is right. uh, where you know we see this kind of end times guy with a with a sign. Right. And his oh, doppelganger oh, yeah. has it eleven eleven on his forehead. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, no, I just want to know if you can quote Jeremiah eleven eleven from memory. <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Me, me neither. What do you see know? A... <laughs> you see my callback to nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. It. Uh, we both look stupid there because I don't know that either. Uh, except that I wrote it down. Uh, Jeremiah eleven eleven yep. is therefore thus says the Lord assuredly. I'm going to bring disaster upon them that they cannot escape. Though they cry out to me, I will not listen to them. So, Mark, uh, what do you think that quote has to do with the movie? What do you think Jordan Peele is trying to say with that well, theological I will, excerpt? I, I'm, I'm going to go, well, actually, I'm going to save part of my answer for my question to you. Actually. Ooh, okay. I like this. So, so uh, I think the, the scripture itself is... One, particularly in the Old Testament, when we hear something being put into God's voice, that God is judging people or coming down on them, it's frequently the people trying to understand what's happening to them and putting it in the, the voice of God to bring greater understanding or to remove it enough that it doesn't, like, what we can't do anything about this. And I think in this particular verse in Jeremiah, uh, part of what's going on is the people have sort of forgotten where they came from and God's saying, because you've forgotten where you came from, you're going to receive this judgment. And I do think that that's kind of part of what Jordan Peele's movie is about, is that we've all forgotten that at some point we've all been struggling. We've all had difficult time. We've all forgotten ultimately where we come from. And we have made other people suffer because of it. And that it ruin comes to a civilization civilization when that's your approach to it so mm -hmm. if, if i had to eke something out of it that's what i that's what i would pull out of it i'm not really sure that that's why i used it i'm not even sure he used it because other than it sounds scary and maybe another reason but what was your thought yeah, I think he used it because uh, because it sounds scary and because um, mm -hmm. the, the the tethers are bringing disaster uh, upon uh, the the people to whom they are tethered. Although I think it is interesting that Red, whenever she's speaking, uh, talks about how she saw God and how in that experience, as she decides mm -hmm. that she basically needs to come and. Uh, lessen the class divide right. <laughs> which I, which which i think is yeah. which i think is interesting but yeah. yeah i think the point that you make is so important that uh that in the hebrew bible when we're reading these things that that we are reading a theological justification for a reality and Absolutely. uh if if we would approach the entire bible in that way i think we would be a lot better off people trying to understand their circumstances and mm -hmm. writing their theology, you know, into the text instead yeah. of like viewing the text as something that was God delivered for us in the 21st <laughs> century to, to understand in the correct way. But if, but if we were to look at people's socio-historical context, I know we <laughs> talk about this a lot, but damn, if we it's would important. just it's important. If we would just look at people's socio-historical context and, and try to allow that to inform the way that we read the text and to say, huh, maybe these people had lives that were, you know, uh, bad or, or maybe at times good. And they were trying to figure out what that meant just 
like the rest of us, <laughs> you know, <laughs> trying to figure out uh, how God is a part of all of us. So anyway, Absolutely. yes, I appreciate that. How about you? You got a question for me? All right. So you brought up Jeremiah 11 and 11. Um, yes. So 11 shows up a lot in this movie. You've got the Bible verse. Adelaide's okay. carny prize was number 11. The time the when clock, he was, yeah, yeah, the clock was 11, 11, and that's when everything bad starts happening. When dad's watching the baseball game, the score is 11 to 11. 11. When his best 11. friend's watching the news, the news is on channel 11. 11, huh? Yeah. What's the deal with 11 here? Um. Okay, so in all fairness, I... I only caught uh, Jeremiah 11, 11 and the clock. There were probably other ones. Those are just the ones that I caught. Yeah. Um, so maybe maybe a callback to to the verse to remind us that that's important. Or or maybe uh, I'm going to make something up on the fly here. Uh, All right. Love I, it. Love it. Maybe, you know, like the maybe like it's showing the 11 colon and the 11 that there are you know equal numbers right and so that they ought to be equal no matter what right. side of All the right. colon that All they're right. on just like right. the people you know below the uh-huh. surface turn them this above way. the surface right. yeah that they they ought to they ought to be equal no matter what side of the surface i like that i like that that's that, something i just pulled out yeah so i tell like me that. what you think that that is not the direction i went in but i do like it <laughs> but i i Thanks. do think I think the number 11, I think Jordan Peele came up with, because we saw in Nope, him using, was it six that he, was it six or nine? He did, yeah. He used six, it. Six, right? Uh, it was six. I think it was six. Yeah, six. Yeah. yeah. He used it a bunch. I think that he likes this kind of implied spookiness of numerology and stuff. And I think he picked 11. And I think that's where he came up with Jeremiah 11, 11. He just started looking for Bible verses, had 11 in it that seems scary and daunting and like bad things are going to happen to you. That's why I really think it was Jeremiah 11, 11, which is why I told you I'd come back to this. I think he picked 11, 11 because it's mm-hmm. like a doppelganger. Oh, one, okay. one standing like next to one, two people standing together. I feel I like, like that. that was yeah. part of what he was doing and that he wanted that theme to run through. And that's why I he like picked it. Jeremiah 11, like 11 it. because it was a Bible verse that had 11 that pretty much worked with what he was trying to do. <laughs> I like that. I, I think I that's good. I think that's good. Yeah. Uh, good, good, good thought, Mark. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Been, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But this, I, I got to say, been... you're about to say this has been fun. I think Pill writes some of the best stuff, and it's so much fun to peel back the layers and figure out, uh, figure out what he was doing. And and I think this one in particular, he left as wide open as he could for geeks like us to be able to play with it and try to understand and get meaning out of it. I love it, love it, love it. Yeah, and I love the last look between. Um... That was Addie, one of my questions. Really red, yeah, and you didn't, uh, and you didn't her son. Any of, you didn't steal any I of didn't my steal questions. Any of them. But I'll so that's why I'm talking about it now because I good, can't good. get through a show, you know, right. without talking about something there, that was going to be your. There question. is this little, there's this little theory I have. So look, okay, yeah. I, you, you, I kind okay, of wait, feel wait. like her son. Uh-huh. Also got switched oh, out. I think so too. 
I think so. Yeah, too. yeah. All right. Yeah. Excellent. There's, We're on the same page. I, mean, I love it. So I wasn't crazy. I wasn't crazy. No, you're not crazy. And the look, the look. That um, look. Yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. people try. They, they I, knew. I, I saw that some people were saying that it was like frightened or like, oh, no. It felt like it felt like no, understanding. It's it? it like it was understanding. Us, and the way that us, she right? the way she smiled back yeah. at him. And you're right. That's what makes the Jordan Peele movie so great is mm-hmm. that he leaves he Gosh. leaves room for us to think about it, for us to talk about it. And so mm-hmm. this has been fun. I've I've enjoyed these last couple of weeks. But you know, we're yeah. gonna pass Halloween tomorrow, Mark. Yeah, and that's true. Uh, you know, um this sci-fi horror uh, social commentary mm-hmm. genre has been fun, but maybe we ought to get back to some of our, our sci-fi stuff. And so I am uh, with you. I, I, I was thinking maybe a sci-fi show next week. Does that sound okay? Which sounds fantastic. Time to get back to real solid sci-fi. I like it. I like yeah. It. Yeah. And what I don't are you know thinking about though? Well, I've been watching uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. You know the oh, animated the, Star Trek show. You for like Star that? Trek geek, for Star Trek geeks, there, it's such an insider Star Trek geek kind of show. Like yeah. they, they give. I mean, if you're not a Star Trek geek, you can enjoy it. But they give yeah, so much. They give so much yeah. to the geek in every episode. I love it. Yeah, I, I do that. too. So, so there's one episode left. It's going to drop this week. Mm-hmm. Why don't we go? Why don't we go? Uh, next week and talk about all of season four of Star Trek well, Lower Decks. What if we do the last half of season four? Because they took a break, okay. right? So okay. the last four or five episodes, whatever, whenever the break was, and they came back okay. in August or September. Okay, I like because, that. The, the last half. W- it'd be really hard to cover all of them. Ah. They're so good. <laughs> That's true. I like that, Mark. There's all a right. lot there, and we're going to delve in deep to the second half of season mm-hmm. four of Star Trek Lower Decks. Okay, friends, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on the Moonshine Jesus Show. Moonshine Jesus. 